of the world. You are a city built on a hill. And that a city built on a hill cannot be hidden. And it says, Neither do people light the lamp and put it under the bushel, but instead they put it on the stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men, that men may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And we have looked at ten things from those scriptures. But then yesterday, uh, the second day, we went to look at Jesus being the source of the light. And we discovered that the book of John, chapter 1, 1 to 5, tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was with God, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, and nothing without Him is nothing made. That was made, that, 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 nothing made that has been made. He said, in him is life, and the life is the light. So we recognize on the second day that life came from Christ, and the manifestation of that life is the light. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, it means in you is the life, and it is that life that produces the light. Now, we began to understand a lot more as we moved into yesterday when Jesus showed us completely and said in John chapter, chapter 9, verse 1 to 5. On verse 5, he says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And we recognized yesterday that Jesus Christ said this on the occasion when a boy who was born blind was brought to him. And uh, some people said that this boy, was it his sin or his father's sins? And Jesus said, no, it's not his father's sin. It is not his sin. But God allowed this that God be glorified. And that took us to begin to look at the mind of Christ in operation. So right now we are talking about the mind of Christ. I showed you the difference, the distinction between the way Jesus reasons and the way human reason. And my intention in the next, really we are taking this into July. I will teach you this throughout July. Until everyone become what the Bible says. We recognize the fact that what Jesus says we are is true. But a good number of us out of our upbringing because of all manners of people who have handled the word of God on poopies on various places, we have been misinformed. And we, because of misinformation, we are not able to you know, fully manifest the potentials that God, the Lord has spoken about uh, concerning us. If Jesus said yesterday, from that John 9, uh, that as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world, and then he went further to say that you are the light of the world. We established that, the fact that, hence Jesus was the light, and he had left, we have taken over. And so, if that be the case, the reason why many Christians cannot operate like Christ is because of our mindset. So we want to distune the mind of Jesus. The first thing we saw about Jesus is this. Jesus said to us yesterday from the scriptures, the book of John 4.35. It says, do you not say, former months and the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So we recognize here 
you must not say what people say. You must stop saying what general people say. Number two, you must speak by revelation. Don't just speak because you want to speak. Number three, note that what happens... Note that what, what heaven, whatever heaven is saying in any occasion is always different to what people are saying. What heaven is saying is always different to what people are saying. People are saying there is calamity, and I told you, they are saying blessed is coming, there will be calamity, there will be pain. Yes, there will be, but in the camp of Goshen, there will be life. Yes, there will be life. When there is death in the world, there is life in Goshen. I will get it now, but for God, when I say the blood, I will pass over, the Bible says. Then I told you, number four, don't limit yourself to what you can see, but speak by the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, do people not say, four more months, then harvest. That is the natural cause. It was really the harvest at the time was four more months. But Jesus says, come on, look beyond you. It's not only this harvest of four months that you, you can see. You can see many other harvests that right now there is harvest. Some other fields tomorrow there'll be harvest. Next month there'll be harvest. Six months there'll be harvest. Two years there'll be harvest. So yesterday we focused on operating in the mind of Christ. Tonight I will introduce you to operating in the power of the Spirit. So the topic of yesterday was operating in the, in the life of Christ. Today, I will speak about operating in the power of the Spirit, and that will lead us by tomorrow or sometime later uh, on operating in the faith of Christ. Everything Jesus did, recorded, you will do them. I didn't hear your amen. I've told you when you don't say amen quick and loud enough for me to hear, you extend my lecture time. Let's look at the power of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Under that scripture, Jesus operated the power because of the anointing. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the powers of the devil, because what? God was with him. So this scripture reveals to us that <clears throat> for Jesus to operate in the power, it was because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Do we agree that? Say amen. So, Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and power, and because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, he went about doing good. Excuse me, there is something I will tell you today that will blow your mind. Second thing that I want to record is this. Do you and I have the same anointing? Look at the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus said to us too, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As Acts 10.38 said, 
God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power, and that is what is behind all your operations. Jesus himself said, you and I, when the Holy Spirit come upon us, then it will generate the power in us, and then we can do all things that he's doing. No, 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 I want to bust a myth in, in Christendom. Permit me to move about. Don't worry, I won't be too long. Pastor, stop me when I'm so stop. Tend to stop me. I want you to get this. If this is the only one you get before we go. Many people have been going all over, especially in Africa, to mountain to fast for power. Power does not come by fasting. The power of God does not come by fasting. You see people going to lock up themselves, power, power, fasting and praying for power. There is nowhere in the Bible, the Bible tells you to fast for, fast, for prayer, for power. No! Jesus says you will receive power after which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. No reference in the Bible tells you that you will receive power after you have fasted for 60 days or 40 days or 3 days or 7 days or 100 days. So Christians fast, and I will help you know why do we fast. So whenever you use a wrong approach in the spiritual, it doesn't work. That's why many people fast and pray for power. Nothing happened today. Ordinary vision they can't see. I've told you that you don't have to go to mountain to see God. Because Jesus said that we are two or three are gathered in my name. So if you believe that you have to go to mountain to find him, you are still like a Samaritan woman faith. Ignorance. There is no, no holy mountain under heaven, on earth, today. There is no place today on earth that it is so special that whenever you get there, God answers prayer. That is lie. And Jesus said, whatever you call, any, whoever is called on the name of the Lord, he said, whatever you ask in my name, it is on the mountain or in a prayer ground. If we build prayer place, it's not because there's a special power to answer prayer there. It's because we just wanted a place where people can go away from all this craziness in the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, the city is crazy. Amen? <laughs> there is so much madness all over any, any cosmopolitan city. Of course, you know, I don't know whether there are demons there, but I know that there are human beings there. So whatever the case may be. Now, understand this. You will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So therefore... The same power Jesus had, which is the Holy Spirit, we all have it. Okay? Second thing, write this down. As the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sent us. Not different. John chapter 17, verse 18 to 23. It says, as you sent me into the world. This is Jesus praying his last prayer. I have sent them into the world. And how did Jesus send, was sent to, how was Jesus sent to the world? How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power, and how he went about doing good and casting out every devil, healing everybody under the power of the devil, because God was with him. That is how God sent Jesus. And Jesus said, the same way I sent you. So you can see how God anointed Alfred Williams with Holy Ghost and power, and how he went about doing good and healing everyone that is under the power of the devil, because God was with him. He healed them because the Holy Spirit is upon him, and because God was with him. That's why he healed them. You too, put your name there. Then Jesus went further to say, For them I sanctify myself, in order I pay the price. That they too, what? May be truly sanctified. So our sanctification did not come by fasting and prayer. It came because someone paid the price. His name is Jesus. 
If you think you need to go and pass and pray to be sanctified, you have been deceived by Satan. Because Jesus just said straight English here. For their sake I sanctify myself, so that they too can be sanctified. He paid the price. Look at verse 20. My prayer, therefore, is not for them alone. Yes. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So which means that this statement of Jesus is applicable to you and I. Because you believed through the message of the disciples. It's the gospel that that you had and you got saved. So Jesus covered you in this will. Somebody say amen. Now look at what he says further. That all of them may be what? One. If you are, that one is, is qualified. That one is, this one at this stage is so compound. But let us see how Jesus qualified it. Because some people have, have said that, oh, we need to be united. Uh, 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 Anglican church and Roman Catholic church and Pentecostal church. We must have unity in the church. And they mean we should preach the same thing. We cannot. That's not the unity Jesus is talking about here. We can't. You will never see the church united as in the people coming together and they are preaching the same thing. No. What is Jesus saying when he qualified in verse 31? He says that all of them may be one. Shall we read the next line? Father, just as you are in me and I in you, may they what? Jesus qualified the oneness. He's talking about oneness in Jesus and in the Father. In every church, you have people who are not united with God. Jesus is talking about in every church, people who are in me, Jesus, and in the Father. Let the world see these people, distinct them among the world. So that the world may know that I am in them and you are in me. Okay? So, those of us who Jesus is in, and we are in the Father, this is your manifestation of God's power. Life in God. They are not people who have given themselves to backbiting, which was before an old order of things. They are people who have given themselves to walk in holy life. They are people who are in Christ. In other words, anything that runs through your mind, you check it with the Word of God. Those are those who are in Christ. They are everywhere. Not everyone who goes to church are this. But Jesus wants everybody who goes to church to be that. Are we together now? I can't hear you. Father, just has joined me and I... Then he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. How many of you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Jesus didn't take the glory away. He gave it to you. When Elijah... Handed over the mantle to Elisha. Elisha did double miracles. What are you doing with the glory? That's not what we've been talking about. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. But now, after I've gone, you are the light of the world. The light of the world healed the blind, raised the dead, made the lame walk. It means that every capacity to do the same thing is right inside you too. When we look tomorrow into operating by faith of Christ, Some of you will cry. You will see how simple it is. What people go for hunger strikes in, they are praying and fasting, nothing happens to them. Jesus is not requiring all that from you at all. He's not requiring from us to be a perfect human being. He's not requiring from us to be in Him. 
That is to consider him in everything first. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But we don't live in our mistakes, neither do we boast in our errors. We repent when we make mistakes, but we don't want to hurt him. That is what Jesus is saying here. He said, the glory you have given, I have given it to them. Not only that, he says, in them, I have given them the glory that you have given me, that they may be one. Which means it is the glory that defines those who are one. Am I saying something? Look at what he says in verse 22. I have, no, verse 23. In I in them, and you in me, the same again. Come on, be in the Lord. It's all to gain. <laughs> oh my. May they be one, may they, may they be brought to complete unity. In, to let the world know. And that complete unity, we have known it, that is complete unity in the Lord Jesus and in the Father. <laughs> So that the world can know. We will get there. Hallelujah, somebody. Do you know I said to you that power of God, there is nowhere in the Bible that tells you that you get power of God by fasting. Angels also testify. The source of God's power is the Holy Spirit. Look at angels' testimony, angelic testimony. Luke chapter 1, verse 36. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so, the Holy One that, you, that will be born will be called Son of God. When prophecy was given to the virgin that the virgin has to conceive, something that had never happened before, and the virgin doesn't understand you, the angel said, when the time comes, Holy Spirit will come upon you, and then the power. Because Holy Spirit is the source of the power. Anybody that operates the power of God, it's not because of fasting, it's because the Holy Spirit is upon them. Look at a little bit about the whole Old Testament. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. It says, The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. This is Samuel speaking to Saul. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. This was when Samuel anointed Saul. He said to Saul, You are an ordinary man. After this anointing, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, in power, and then ability of God will begin to manifest in you. So, the source of God's power is the Holy Spirit upon a man. Not fasting. Let's look a little bit more in the Old Testament. Judges chapter 15, verse 14. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came towards him shouting, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. The ropes on his arm became like shared flax. And the binding dropped from his hand. When the enemies surround you, and the Holy Ghost come upon you, you will be shocked. You know, when you are, if you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, they are driving you and you are running on your dream. It's because you are a Christian, but you don't read the Bible, you are not matured. You eat too much, you play too much, you sleep too much, and everything too much that is not good too much. Hallelujah. The only thing you don't do is to read the Bible and pray. But when you start to read the Bible and pray regularly, what happened to you? Those who are chasing you, when they appear to you, you will just see yourself called the name of Jesus on the dream. 
and you will discover that you will be flying on the dream. You are not a witch. It's not only witch who fly. We also fly. Isn't it? I fly away to glory. I fly away. Listen to me. A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Look at this man. Samson, they bound him with ropes like chain. But when the power came, he just pulled his hand you know, apart and everything broke loose. So anybody who, who is bound as a Christian, you only need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and the bandage will be gone. Anything you can do to bring Holy Ghost on people, it will destroy every yoke. Let me tell you, this is very easy. I was telling mommy, the Lord began to remind me when I was doing crusade in uh, CAC in Nigeria. That during that time, some people came to me and said they were going to be praying, or, you know, doing, doing intercession. Good. They will pray till morning, I will go and sleep. In the morning, I will go to the crusade and then I will speak and manifestation was happening. And the Lord told me that was the difference. They pray, they have no faith. I understand by God that I was sent by Him. Of course, though, for that, that very meeting, the Lord appeared to me, showed me that place, and told me what to go and do. But in other meetings, He didn't appear to me. When I went to, when I went to all the crusades in Cameroon, I went because Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached everywhere. And whenever we pray the kingdom, people will come with various infirmities. And so we speak in the name of the Lord healing, and the power of the Most High will come upon the people and heal them. You command deliverance in the name of Jesus, the power of the Most High will come upon the people and deliver them. It's not because we have an anointing that others does not have. Lie of the devil. This man, power came upon him, he broke chain. Now, look at the next one very quickly. Judges chapter 14, verse 5 to 6. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyard of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring like towards him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. When the Spirit of God come upon a man, a supernatural physical power can come. Same thing, prophetic can come. Same thing, wisdom can come. Same thing, manifestation of grace. You know, a Christian should fear nothing. Nothing. If hundred people surround you, if when you are under unction, I'll tell you something. If it is to fight with them, you will just take all of them like a straw. Nobody can stand against the power of God. But it only manifests through the Holy Spirit, not through fasting. Let me read you one more. Judges chapter 11 verse 29. It says, <clears throat> Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. He crossed Gilead and Manasseh. Passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from, from there he advanced against the Amorites, and he took them by surprise and destroyed everybody. Jephthah. Therefore, you do not need to fast for power of God. 
Holy Spirit is the source of God's power. Write that down. Let us see Jesus' testimony. In the book of Acts chapter, chapter 1, verse 18, and verse 8, which I read to you before, it says, But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, not after you have fasted. Look at John 14, verse 12. We are looking at Jesus' testimony. What do you need to operate God's power? It's faith. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing, he will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Faith. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me anything, for anything, for anything, for anything in my name. And what will happen? And I will do it. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. I would like to read a scripture to you. Look at the book of Acts. Chapter 3. After the healing of the beautiful gate. And the people thought that, wow, what a miracle. These apostles must be heavily anointed. These apostles came down and told them, verse 13, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before the Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but gave, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. Verse 16. Shall we read it together? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made was strong, not by anointing. By faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And then it says, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Have some people not been telling the church that when the miracle happens, it is their own anointing that is performing miracle? They are, all, they are all of the devil. Everybody will say that. Satan sent them. Satan sent them. You have no part in glory of God's power. When God uses anybody, you cannot glory in it. The miracle signs and wonders does not show how strong a man is. No, it just shows how God is. I will together now. And this attitude is what has made many Christians think that they cannot operate those things. That you need to reach a height. Some people will say that, do you know how much I pray, pay for anointing? That anointing is from the devil. Anybody who says that, Satan gave him anointing, he has to pay. For the anointing of the, of the church, Jesus paid the price. And when he walks, you don't stand before him. Back off. Let him take his glory. It is he who visited his people, not your anointing. You have no business in this matter. 
This is Paul. I Peter. Finally, tomorrow I will continue with you. Because when I said, it is not by fasting that you get the power of God. Some people don't understand. Let me just give you a preamble of tomorrow and we will just stop. Look at the book of Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Joel 2 12. Very, very quickly. We we'll look deeply into this. Because many people have been, have been misunderstanding. Uh, uh, they misunderstand what, what fasting really is. Chapter 2, chapter 2 of Joel, verse, verse 12. What is fasting for? Let us see. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. This reference tells you that when you and I fast, it's to seek the face of God, to return to Him, relationship. All right? That's why we fast. That I may know you better. And the power of your resurrection. Not because of power. We don't fast for power. Alright. Then it says, rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God. He, for he is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Which means that when the hand of God, judgment of God is looming over a people, a nation. We can fast to ask God for mercy. Alright. Not for power of God. He says, we'll look at that tomorrow. Look at Isaiah 58. And that's where I'm stopping. Isaiah 58. Verse 1. <clears throat> I will explain this deeply to you. Fasting is relationship to who God. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for knowledge. Ask God for relationship. That's why you fast. To cleanse yourself, purify yourself, and get closer to Him. He says here, Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Israel, Jacob, their sin. If you have been found in backbiting, from biting, and all those stuff that the devil spelled you into, you can fast to ask God for mercy. Just to restore you back from all those uncleanliness. I would hear that now. Look at what it says. Verse 2. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does, that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of the Lord. They ask me for just decision and seem eager to, uh, for God to come near them. Why have you fasted the same and you have not seen it? This tells us that many people fasting, God don't see it. This message is going to Nigeria especially. I beg you guys in Nigeria who have been giving people 60 days, 100 days fasting to cease from all those stuff. People need to repent rather than fasting. When they repent, they will see the hand of God over the nation of Nigeria. God cannot hear the prayer of a godless, rootless person. He says, why do you fast? Why do they fast? Why do we fast? They say, and you have not seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed it? Which means fasting is for you to seek the face of God for mercy. Cleansing of, your, of yourself from impurities and all those stuff. Fasting is for you to humble yourself before the Lord. So that you may receive favor from Him. It says, yet on the day of your fast, you do as you please. And exploit all your workers. These, these people. 
It says your fasting end up in quarrel and strife and in striking each other with, with wicked fists. You can imagine. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Hear me, O Christians. This is the word of God. Why God don't answer Christians who go on hunger strike and say they are fasting? Because you have not repented of your wickedness. Fasting is supposed to, re- to make you repent from your wicked ways. It's supposed to make you, you know, turn back towards holiness. Some people will be fasting and praying for, their en- for human beings to die, whom they tag enemy. Can you imagine that? You want to commit murder and you're asking God to bless the act of murder? The God of Christians don't kill anybody no matter how wicked they are. Because it is written, though your sins be as dark as scarlet, my blood will wash you as white as snow. God doesn't care whether you're a witch or a wizard or homosexual or anything. He cares for you to turn back to him. He said, return to me and I will return to you. If you and I can kill people who Jesus died for through prayer, before they get this, to, to, they repent, then the, the, the purpose for Jesus' death is aborted by your mouth. He won't answer such prayer. Tomorrow we're going to look further. But I hope you understand today. The power of God comes by faith in the name. Not by fasting. You have been anointed as Jesus is anointed. I showed that you in the scriptures. You and Jesus, no difference except your state of mind. And that's why in the book of 1 Corinthians 2, 9 yesterday, 16 yesterday, it says that you have the mind of Christ. What Satan is doing to the church is this. You know, try everything possible to debase our mind so that we cannot operate the mind of Christ in us. <clears throat> because <clears throat> our mind, <clears throat> human mind, has to be united with the mind of Christ, which is the spirit mind, for us to be able to operate spiritual things. Our human mind is bombarded with thoughts that come from abstract spirits by Christians too. Even Satan used some Christians to begin to put bad thoughts in your brain. I went to do my eye test today. Let me tell you this before we pray for you. And the eye tester, optician, they call them what? Optician. Thank you, dear doctor, or uh, pastor. He put my eye in something. They pulled it aside. They first took photograph of my eye. First, I saw how my eyeball looked for the first time. My, these eyes are big, I tell you. They are very big. Inside, all the veins that I, behind my eyes and stuff, I said, my God, I have big stuff behind my skull. Now, they pulled the eye apart. They pull it this way. They told me to look left, look right, look up, look down. And they began to do all manners of stuff. And the lady said to me that, do you have hypertension? I said, it is not part of my contract. <laughs> I don't have it. I said, because I, I you know, I, I rest my mind. I don't worry. He said, do you have high blood pressure? I said, blood pressure, okay. I said, I don't have blood pressure. He said, do you have uh, uh, diabetes? I said, I don't understand. I don't have diabetes. He said, do you have astigmatism? I said, there's no such a thing. It's too much grammar. Do you have this and that? She asked me several sicknesses. She expected me to have one. I didn't have one. He, she said to me, 
Let us test it another machine. And they went to another machine and they said, they said when they finished testing, he said, he said, sir, <clears throat> she will be my daughter, but she's a very good optician. She says, sir, your eyes are so good. I said, is that? Because I, he said, she asked me, why, why do you want your eyes with her? I said, I, f- I fell two, uh, uh, two weeks ago. I carried uh, a box and I went into the, the dark room without really putting on the light. I thought I know the road, not knowing that my gym, one of the legs of the gym was on the way. And what I was carrying was heavy, so I tripped over and then I called Jesus like you two would do. And my eyes hit the, 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 you know, carton I was carrying. And I said, Lord, I came out of the darkness. I went to the mirror to look at my eyes. I said, these eyes must have been gone. Because I saw something that sparked like white emitter and all that like that, you know. And you know that I just, I did my, what do you call it, um, cataracts. I said, I said in my heart, Lord, I hope I have not damaged the eye you gave me. But whatever the case may be, it is your name I call first. So, and I got there, nothing happened. So, and I told the lady that, I hit this eye. I said, is there nothing behind it? He said, your eyes is perfect. <laughs> he said, your eyes, your eyes are perfect. And I said, do you know why? I always look straight. <laughs> I said to her, I always look straight. You know, when I look at people, I'm not one of those people who look at you and you see your eyes, you do your eyes. And I said, this is what you are thinking in your heart. I don't go beyond what I see. Okay? So if I don't give this eye trouble, how can the eye trouble me? I said, so doctor, that is the situation. He said, I need to tell you at your age. He said, you know, these eyes are beautiful, very good. He said, I wish I had this set of eyes. Ah, I said, well, you need to do what I do. <laughs> Listen to me there. Everything that the devil gives us for detraction, take away your eyes from it. Allow people to offend you. You offended others before. Decide to forgive those who offended you because some people have, offended, have forgiven you before. Everything that devil put in your mind to bog your mind down, as it's coming, eject, 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 so that you can read the Bible, so that you can live a godly life on earth, then the authority in your lips will be exactly like that of Jesus. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray that God should strengthen us in this matter.